The following message was recorded at Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. More information can be found online at Bethlehem.Church. I especially encourage fathers to help your kids find chapter and verse and to model true love and reverence for the Word of God and follow along as it's read. That's Luke eight nineteen through 21. Then his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, it is a precious gift that we not only have your word before us, but that you give people like us spiritual life in Christ to see and treasure you through Christ Jesus by faith in the truth of your word, to hear and to understand your word by the power of the Spirit, and to do your word in the obedience of faith not to earn your grace and favor, but because we already have it and we've come to treasure you. So we ask you now to have mercy on us again. Grant us ears to hear and faith to do your word in the power of the gospel. For the glory of your name and for our joy, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, our little text is... Actually, the culmination, it seems to me, of a section of teaching that came before it in Luke 8. And uh, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Luke put it together this way so that we would think about and see the importance of hearing and doing the word. Hearing and doing, hearing and doing. Um, It would be a big mistake to separate hearing from doing the word. And I'll tell you why I say that. Because there's a kind of hearing that's essential for the kind of doing that the Bible's calling for. I mean, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a obedience of faith. There's a kind of doing the word that is ours by the, the gift of the Holy Spirit and by the gift of regeneration. And that enables a hearing of the word with understanding and comprehension uh, you know, spiritual graces to understand what, what the word is saying. And yet there's another kind of hearing that doesn't have that. And when the, when the word comes, it's heard, but it's not heard. Like, I can hear somebody speak Chinese. I hear them just fine, <laughs> right? But I don't, I don't understand a word that they're saying. I don't understand. Um, and then, in fact, you might say, well, you know, this, this man speaking Chinese said to Kenny something, and then Kenny went and parked his car across the street, right? You say, well, he's obeying, right? Well, <laughs> I don't even know if I'm obeying. I don't know what the guy said. So it's super important that these, these two, Jesus keeps putting them together, hearing and obeying, and he splits hearing. From there's a hearing that's spiritually enabled and uh, authentically understands. He uses the word see as well, that you really see what the word is saying. 
and there's a hearing that doesn't have that at all and it's like Kenny listening to Chinese it's a hearing without hearing and those are very important that we have in mind as we look into these texts uh, I'll tell you what my my aim is that uh, well, like Jesus says here that you take care how you hear and that we be a people who hear the word in faith so that we would do the word in faith, in the obedience of faith. And uh, all those words are really important to me. I think they're all important to Jesus and they're all important to the Bible. And uh, so that's my aim. And I'll tell you my outline. I think of it as a, as a sloppy outline, um, but I'll tell you what it is anyway so you can follow sloppily along with me. Uh, we're gonna first look at this text. Simple text. And then, in order that we put it in the context of the, the, what precedes it, we're going to look at three parables. And then I'll close with drawing some applications from the, the texts. So that's where we're going. So first, let's look at this text in front of us. Jesus is teaching with a crowd of people sitting around him. And according to verse 19... Uh, when Jesus' mother and his brothers came to him, they could not reach him because of the crowd. So his mother and his brothers, and right there, it's like, well, so who, okay, we know Mary is his mother, and there's a general consensus that, that Joseph, his father, isn't there because he, he, he has likely died somewhere between the last mention of him in, in the Bible, which is in Luke 2.41, where Remember the account where Jesus is 12 years old and his parents can't find him in, and he's teaching in the temple. That's the last mention of Joseph when he was trying to find Jesus in Jerusalem. And then, uh, and then Joseph is gone from the New Testament. And, and it might, I mean, it seems like a fair inference that one of the reasons Jesus said when he was dying on the cross to John, John, take care of my mother because as the oldest son he wasn't able to do it because his father had died I mean his father had died and he felt the obligation as, his, as the oldest son so it seems very reasonable that Joseph is not here because he has died Mary is here and then the question is on well, what about these brothers of Jesus I mean there's a teaching out there that says Mary couldn't have any more children and da 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 I don't think that's true at all Matthew 1355 when when Jesus is mocked and rejected in his hometown of Nazareth there's a description of his nuclear family here it is this is mocking language is this not the carpenter's son Joseph is not his mother called Mary are not his brothers and then they're named are not his brothers James and Joseph Simon and Judas Matthew 1355 so I don't, I don't think it's true at all to say, well, Mary's the Virgin Mary and she stays a virgin forever. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is Jesus' nuclear family, according to Matthew. Mary, Joseph, James, I didn't say that. Yeah, Mary Joseph, senior, James and Joseph, Simon and Judas. And uh, what Jesus had in common with his brothers was that they were all born of Mary. What Jesus didn't have in common with his brothers was that they were born of Joseph's seed and Jesus was born of the Holy Spirit. 
So these came to Jesus. In fact, the Bible says, this is, it is just interesting to know, in, in John 7, 5, the brothers of Jesus do not believe that Jesus is who he says he is. And it's somewhere between then and Acts, after the resurrection, Acts 1, 14, Jesus' mother and brothers are there with the believing disciples. So they become believers. I don't know if they're believers at this point or not. I don't know. But uh, the rest of the story is good for Jesus' brothers. And his mother always believed. So the arrival of the five family members come, and word gets passed to Jesus, verse 20. Your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. And what might seem shocking, Jesus replies, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Simple and profound. My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. So Jesus' family, in his own mind, is made up of those who hear the word of God and do the word of God. It's not, his, his family in his mind is not defined by biology, but by hearing and doing. I would say hearing with faith and doing with faith. I mean, to me, it seems a lot like John 1, verse 12. Yet to all who received him, to those who believe in his name, God gave the right to become children of God. It's a description of who, who God's family is. It's those who have believed in, his, in the name of Jesus. And here it is. Who is, who is Jesus' family? Well, it's those who have heard and obeyed. It, this is not a prescription of how to get into his family. It's a description of who's in his family. So then right there, I push back and go, this hearing and doing keeps showing up. Hear the word of God and do it. Hearing and do it. Now I want you to see that. We'll go to the three parables. Do a quick survey here. So parable number one. The, the parable of the house on the rock. This is in Luke 6, so I'm jumping further back. Luke 6, verses 46 through 49. Remember the, the story. I won't sing you the song, but the two builders, and the, one is wise and one is foolish. The, the thing is, both hear the word. Both hear. One hears Jesus' words, and I'm going to add from the context Embracing his lordship, it's a kind of hearing. And he does what the word says. He's the wise builder. He builds his house, his life, on the solid rock of the foundation of the word of Christ. And when troubles come, he's, his, he's unshaken. He's not destroyed. The foolish builder hears. Hears the words of Jesus. And I'm adding, rejects his lordship. And I'll show you why in just a second. And he does not do what Jesus says. The foolish builder builds his house, his life, with no foundation at all, sand. And when troubles come, his life is destroyed. So at the beginning of the parable, Jesus tells us why he's, he's telling this parable. He, he says to the people around him, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? So you see why I inserted Lord in there. The wise, the, the, the people represented by the wise builder, he, hear the word with effect, believing Jesus is Lord 
and doing in faith what he called them to do. But those who act like the foolish builder hear Jesus' word, do not believe Jesus as Lord, do not treasure him, and therefore they don't do his word. It's very simple. Those who hear Jesus' words as Lord do in faith what Jesus called them to do. Those who don't receive him as Lord, don't do what he says. Hearing, doing, hearing, doing. Second parable, parable of the soils. It's all about how people hear the word of God again. I mean, all the soils hear. How they hear determines whether they do it or not. This is Luke 8, 4 through 15, if you turn there. I won't read much of it. I won't read hardly any of it. I'll just walk through it. So, a sower goes out to sow some seed. A sower, a farmer, a gardener. He, he scatters seed. Jesus tells us the seed is the gospel. It's good seed. It's, it's all the same seed, and he scatters it, and it lands on four different, in four different places, four different soils representing the responses of four different kinds of people. So they all hear the word. They all receive the word in one way or another. But there's a hearing and there's a hearing. Here we go. Some people are like the seed that fell upon the path. They superficially hear the word and the devil comes and snatches it away from their hearts so that they do not believe and they're not saved. Some people are like the seed that fell upon the rocks and they shallowly hear with joy and readiness to receive it. But with a little bit of time and a little bit of testing, they fall away from the faith and the word does not take root. The third, some people are like seed that fell in among the thorns and in the thicket of the weeds. And as soon as they hear the, the word, the seed of the word, the truth of the word is choked out by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, verse 14. And then lastly, some people are like the seed that fell upon good soil, and they, quote, are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and a good heart and bear fruit with patience. <coughs> Excuse me, verse 15. <coughs> Excuse me. So all the seed, all the soils hear the word of God. Why is it that some hear the word with effect? Why is it that some hear the word and it has its powerful effect on them and and lands and grows and bears fruit? Well, it's because they hold it fast in an honest and good heart. An honest and good heart. So, my mind goes to the new heart of the new covenant. Why do they hear? Well, because as God promised in the gospel, he's given them a, a new heart 
I will take out their heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit in them and cause them to walk in my ways. They hear with faith because God has given them a good heart, and God has given them eyes to see spiritual things in the truth of the word. And more to our point, it's really parallel, God has given them ears to hear the word of Christ. I mean, Jesus says it crystal clear here. It's verse 10. He's talking to the disciples, and he's explaining, you know, the question is, Jesus, why do you speak in parables? Because not everybody can understand them. <laughs> Jesus' answer is this, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. In other words, disciples, to you it's been given. This is a gift. This is a grace that when I talk, you hear it. You understand it. You see. You've been given ears to hear and eyes to see, a new heart to believe and receive what I'm teaching. So the hearing and receiving of the good soil is owing to the transforming gift of grace to hear and to see spiritual truth. This is, this is the gospel. This is the gospel. This is the gift that shapes the good soil. And so, you know, I think about this. I think, so does Jesus kind of tell the disciples this? So that, hey, you guys, you hear? It's been given to you to hear? So sit back and don't listen. <laughs> no, it's not it. It's the... No, it's he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Look, if you have the gift of grace to hear what the word of God is saying, don't receive that grace in vain. Lean in, listen up, believe, receive it, and put it into action by faith. He, he kind of heightens it. He who has ears to hear, hear, listen. Don't take it for granted. It is a grace. So that's the second parable. Now here's the third. This is the lamp under the jar. Uh, both Pastor Renee and Pastor Brad preached on these earlier in the summer. I'm just pulling them in to see them in light of this text that we have today. So the parable of the lamp under the jar is also about hearing and I think doing, even though the word do isn't in it about doing the word of Christ in a certain way. It's all about hearing, I say, because in verse 18, that's what Jesus says. He says, take care then how you hear. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. So here it is. So take care what you hear. Uh, use it wisely. Uh, because... If you don't bring it in, even what you have will be taken away. And then, so if I put this in the, in the light of these other passages, I think what Jesus is saying is, since you believe that Jesus is Lord like the wise builder, and since you've been given the gift to hear like the disciples, 
in, the, in Jesus' explanation in the parable of the soils, do not receive your hearing with understanding lightly or in vain, but put it into practice and share it with other people. Put it on a lampstand. Proclaim it to the world. That's the do. Verse 16. For no one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar and puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. So may it never be that we who have ears to hear and eyes to see Jesus would sit on it, but rather would proclaim it to others, needing to be ashamed of the Word of God because what God says that in his word is true and it'll be announced to the whole world. We don't have it. We just proclaim it. That's the do in this parable. Hearing and doing. Hearing and doing. So now, if you think back now, who are these people that are Jesus' mother and brothers, his family? Drawing from the three parables, I would say this. The family of Jesus is made up of those who have been given grace to hear and listen to Jesus as Lord and put his word into practice like the man who built his house on the rock. The, the family of Jesus is made up of people who've been given grace to receive the word of God with a sincere faith and hold it fast with a good heart that it would bear fruit in their lives and through them. The family of Jesus are those who've been given grace to hear the word with understanding and, and spread the word to others that they also might come to know the truth of the word. So I think if we, if we look at this passage and we have sort of a, sort of a Nike just do it, attitude? Look, the mother and brothers of Jesus are those who hear the word and do it. Let's just do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Go out and do it. Do it. <laughs> I'm thinking the scary thing about that is, is the Pharisees did a lot of doing. Um, there's a way to do without hearing in faith. And I say scary because that's scary. It's scary for me. This is not a description of how to get into Jesus' family. It is a description of who's in it. Those who have heard the, the word of God by the grace of God, the gift of faith, and have treasured Christ and hear his word and put it into action and do it by believing. It's, it's crucial to get this. Let me, let me put it to the to the applications. A word for unbelievers and then three points for professing believers, for us who believe. I want to I charge you all with Jesus' words, take heed how you hear. Beware how you hear. Take, be careful how you hear his word. Now the word to unbelievers would be this. If, if you hear the Spirit of God speaking to you, this morning, through God's word, calling you to believe in Jesus, do not harden your heart. That is a grace, a movement of God, a kindness of the Holy Spirit to come in and call you, 
cause a hearing within you. And I would say pray. Pray that God would give you grace to hear and understand what his word says and not to be hard-hearted like the seed on the rocks, not to be impulsive, not to be flitting like, you know, word into this morning and out this evening, not to be not to be distracted by the cares of this world, but Lord, give me grace to hear your word in faith. Give me a new heart to believe your word and to believe Jesus and treasure him. That's what I would say to unbelievers. Take care how you hear. If you're hearing, ask for more. Ask the Lord to confirm it. Ask the Lord to seal it by his Holy Spirit. Don't take it for granted. If, if you're professing a believer, I've got three points. And uh, I, I, uh, I want you to get that. I want us all to get this. Um, I, put, I put the three points in, in question form. Do you hear the word of Christ, the word of God, and not do it? Do you hear the word and not do it? Be careful how you hear. If you say you hear the word of God and you have no inclination or intention to do it, I would say it suggests that you've never heard. You're like the three soils. That's why Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I say? Well, it's because you've not treasured me as Lord, is what Jesus is saying. And the call for you is if you hear the word of God, you know what God is calling you to do and you just don't do it. And it might be because you have a funky understanding of God's grace that says, well, we're saved by grace, so therefore we don't have to listen to any of the commands in the Bible. We just kind of push them aside and we live like hell. If you're there, then repent. Ask Jesus for grace to hear to treasure him as Lord and as Savior and to obey him in his truth, his word, for, for your good in faith. And re- repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Give me grace to follow you. Real grace, the Bible says, <laughs> causes us to to do good, to be zealous, to do good works, say no to sin and ungodliness. That's what real grace does. Fake grace, it's called greasy grace. Some people call it greasy grace. Denies all the commands in the Bible. That's not where we are. That's not where Jesus is. Second, do you hear, do you hear the, the call to do in order to merit belonging to Jesus' family? I mean, if, if you read this text and say, man, I, I better do in order to be in Jesus' family, like, like, you're not hearing the word. You're not getting it. You're not getting it. We're saved by grace. We're saved by grace alone, through faith alone. Our, our status in God's family is secured by his grace. To all who receive him, he gave the right to become children. Jesus is saying, if you're in my family, it's because you spiritually hear and you spiritually believe or or do in faith. 
I'm just describing who my family is. I'm not giving you the recipe to get in. The recipe to get in is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you'll be saved. And why do I make a deal out of this? It's because over and over again, I get this from counseling with people and observing my own life and family. We get the doctrine right in our heads, and yet because we're sort of wired for works righteousness, we're sort of wired to earn our favor with God, that we slip into it over and over again. Lord, if I just do this, then you'll be gracious to me. If I do this, if I do it right, if I do everything that Jesus, and you know what? You'll fail. Can't get there from here. You can't do everything that Jesus called you to do. Well, then what do you do? You go back to your hearing. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We write these things so that you may not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus the righteous, full of grace and truth. So it's like, I mean, it, when, when, if you're trying to get into the kingdom by obeying, you hit the wall and you're plunged into despair, the gospel comes in and says, in your despair, repent. Confess your sins. Receive God's forgiveness again. You've not lost your status in the family, but rather are exercising it as a blood-bought believer, saved by grace. And then third question, do you hear in faith? Do you hear as one treasuring Christ above all else? Be careful how you hear, right? Do you hear in faith? Do you hear as one who treasures Christ above all else? Th this is where I want us to be, to all the time, but just, Lord, help us to be here. My, my burden is that we would hear in faith and do in faith, not in any of the twisted versions that I mentioned before, but in, in what the Apostle Paul calls in, in Romans 1, 5, the obedience of faith. There is an obedience that flows from faith. Believing Jesus, hearing his word, and that faith and that Jesus it empowers an obedience. That's what I want. Paul says it another way. Remember, be careful how you hear. Galatians 3, 2, Jesus, uh, Paul says it this way. Um, obey in the hearing of faith. There it is again. Hearing of faith. Obedience of faith. Uh, not obedience of the law, not of dead obedience cut off from other things because then it's attached to other things, but the hearing with faith, the obedience of faith is what we're all about. So, having, to, having come to know God by faith in Christ and having been given the gift of a new heart, Ears to hear the word of God. Eyes to see God standing forth from his word, the glory of God in the face of Christ. Having received all this by his grace, 
Take care how you hear. In other words, hear the word of God in the context of treasuring Christ. So when his word comes to us, <laughs> behind his word is all that God promises to be for us. He is for us and he's not against us. He is our helper. He will be there. He, he loves us. Nothing can separate us from his love. When he calls you to love, guess what? He's filling you up the whole time. When he calls you to forgive, guess what? He's forgiving you for all your sins as far as the east is from the, rest, from the west. <laughs> obedience of faith. There's power to, power to do the do from the obedience of faith, from hearing with faith. So God make it so. And when we fail to hear the word and do it accordingly, as we ought, may we repent of our sins and uh, receive the word again, the word that calls us to repent and the assurance that God forgives us and, uh, and rest in the fact that nothing and no one can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. We're in the family of Christ by the grace of God. And we are the family of Jesus thereby as those who have heard and obey him. Lord, make it so. Help us with these things. Thanks for your word, Lord Jesus. Thanks for the hair splitting about how we hear. Give us wisdom. May we not hear your word as those who are dead, but grant us grace to hear your word alive, filled with the Spirit, born again, as those treasuring Christ and thereby empower our obedience of faith, I pray for the glory of your name and for our joy day after day after day into eternity. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter their content in any way without written permission from Bethlehem Baptist Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at Bethlehem.Church or write us at 720 13th Avenue South, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55415. Bethlehem Baptist Church, spreading a passion for the supremacy of God in all things, for the joy of all peoples, through Jesus Christ.